Hello, friends. I am Cindy Thompson, and this is a Resilience Project. This is a space where stories are shared and possibilities are discovered. I invite you to partner with me in cultivating resilience among humans, one conversation at a time. Well, I am back for a solo episode. I hope everyone is doing well, and if you're having a challenging day, I hope you are relying on your resilient skill set. As I recently celebrated turning 58 in June of 2022, I noticed that I had some really strong feelings about this birthday. At first, I was not sure why this one stood out, or why 58. It isn't even one of those big milestone birthdays. I have a number of friends who are my age and a bit older. I asked them what aging has been like for them. I really appreciate the honest, vulnerable, and eye-opening answers that they were able to give me. Some of the women admitted that it can feel really lonely, particularly for those who have lost a spouse. Something I had not considered is that since retirement, they no longer even get to see their coworkers. Although for some of them, they have traded the office visits for connecting on the golf course and get to still see those coworkers and friends. For many, this was the case that post-retirement felt really different. Others suggested that when they let their hair turn gray, they were suddenly viewed primarily as an old lady. That's their lens that they felt they were seen through. Others suggested that since retiring, they don't feel as useful as they once did. Many of them agreed that they feel invisible. On the other hand, one of these ladies pointed out that she took up curling at 65. This sounds like a great way to cope with the changes associated for her during retirement. What are you letting go of and what are you adding in? This inspired me to jump on here to talk about resilience and aging and the mindset that we might have as we journey through these different stages of life. I'm curious whether you have taken stock of various birthdays, milestones, and found reason to celebrate who you are becoming. Are you celebrating or are you mourning the stage of life that you're in? As this birthday was approaching, I've really been thinking a lot about some of the markers, memories, and areas of growth that have led me to this particular moment in time. In talking with my friends, I was reminded of the need that we have as humans to be seen, heard, and understood at any age. I hope you don't mind coming on a little adventure with me as I reflect on who I am today what I have been learning, and what I'm practicing at letting go of. Over the years, I never really felt sad about birthdays. I am typically quite honest about my age, but this one felt different. When there is a disturbance, tension, or anxiety in my body, I try to go inward and understand what it means. What is this telling me? Why this one? Like I said, 58 isn't even a significant birthday marker like 40, 50, or 60 might be. For most of my life, I've been told that I looked younger than I was. In fact, in my late 20s, when I was working at Child and Youth Mental Health, I bought a pair of fake glasses to make myself look older or more credible. This happened shortly after a parent of a 13-year-old asked how old I was because she didn't think I looked much older than her daughter. The irony is that I wanted to be seen as credible, mature, and worthy of being in that position. Can anyone else relate? As I dug deep and stayed curious as to what was creating this new disturbance for me, 
I realized it isn't really about looks as much as it is about time. Time to do the things I love, to go on adventures, or make a difference in this world. At this stage of life, our friends might be grandparents or having family gatherings on Sunday nights for dinner as their older children drop in for visits. In our case, both of our adult children live far away. Other than phone calls once a week or so, we are living like we did before having our family. How I look at it is that our children are born to us, not for us. Our job is to help prepare them to fly. If your adult children have had the courage and confidence to pursue their dreams, have been willing to move across the world or take risks to do whatever makes them happy, you have done your job. Now, it's our turn to go out and remember what is going to make us happy. Your kids should not be the only thing that brings you joy. That is way too much pressure on them. Over the past four to five years, as our adult kids have been pursuing their goals, we have become empty nesters. Instead of slowing down and moving towards retirement, we have leaned into the things that bring us joy. Whether it was starting the podcast, adding coaching to my practice, taking up sailing together, or coaching leaders within Leadership Vancouver Island, there is freedom in choosing how we spend our time. As I find great reward in doing so many interesting things, I sometimes worry that I will get the opportunity to do it all. Full disclosure, and this may seem funny coming from someone who is a coach, for most of my life, I have not set big goals for myself. Instead, I was inclined to just let one area of growth carry me into the next. I suspect that in my 20s, I didn't have the confidence to dream big. I'm a fairly cautious person by nature and somewhat risk adverse. Although I can look back and see all the ways that I grew in my 20s, it was not always a result of best laid plans. I knew I wanted to go to university, for example, and that I wanted to work with people in a helping way, but I didn't have a specific clear goal in mind. I look back on all the people that served as a guide for me during that stage. At a time when I couldn't see my gifts or recognize my calling, others could. It doesn't have to be immediate family that are your greatest cheerleaders. For example, as I majored in sociology and minored in psychology in my undergrad, my dad would ask me each year what I'm going to take next, since I'd already taken all the easy courses. It's okay that he didn't understand it. I just knew that these courses were really interesting to me. Sometimes this is the little spark inside of you that is leading you to the next steps. Whether it is friends, family, or even coaching, I have a greater appreciation for the role that community plays in helping us to move forward. Too often, our limited beliefs hold us back. What is funny to me now is that I'm encouraging clients to set big, scary goals. Part of moving towards these goals, however, is figuring out who is going to help you get there. I've had some pretty amazing, influential people who have guided me to become who I am today. You will see on our podcast website that my husband Robert has self-proclaimed himself to be the president of my fan club. This is so sweet and endearing, but I can honestly say that ever since we met and even got married in 1991, he has encouraged me, supported me, and believed in my potential long before I could. It's really important to surround yourself with people like this who are inspired and inspiring. According to Erickson's Stages of Psychosocial Development, I am in the stage of life where people are faced with generativity, 
versus stagnation. Generally speaking, this middle age is a time where we are seeking a sense of purpose and meaning. How are we contributing to the world? For many, this might be through family, work, or volunteering. I can think of clients who are retired, their kids are grown and live away, and they're really noticing that lack of purpose, that lack of meaning. One client that comes to mind, a retired teacher presented in my practice, feeling just that. In fact, she was feeling so desperate that she felt suicidal. She was really missing having a purpose. As it happened, I had a young couple that I was also working with that did not have family nearby. They had two little ones under five and no time to invest in themselves. With their permission, I was able to introduce them. As it turned out, they lived very close by one another. A few months later, retired teacher dropped off a card to say thank you. She doesn't need to see me anymore. She's never felt better. She was so excited to be picking out library books, reading to the little ones, and could not wait for Mondays to spend time with them. Sometimes we just need to get creative. I'd also like to talk about what the podcast has brought and how it's allowed me to also give back and learn something new. I had no idea when I started the podcast what I was getting into. Here is what I've been learning. When you are doing something that is meaningful, you're going to be surprised at how people are willing to get behind it. If you haven't already heard one of my earlier solo episodes, I spoke of how I fell into the idea of starting a podcast. You now know that I typically do not set big goals. This was the case when I first started the podcast as well. Keeping in mind that I was on a massive learning curve and had no idea what I was doing, I thought, if this just helps one person, it will make it worth it. I could not have imagined that people would be listening from over 64 countries or territories, or that we would hit a milestone of 10,000 downloads within 17 months. In reality, I couldn't do it without that amazing team that helped pull this together. They truly are a gift. In fact, check out our website, our team page, and you will get a glimpse of these really sweet humans. Do I want the podcast to be successful? Absolutely. Do I have big goals to generate income from it? Mm, this one's kind of tricky, because if I were to generate income, I would want to give back to some of the causes that we have profiled in this podcast. A good example of this is our t-shirt fundraiser that we are running here the summer of 2022 in support of Ukraine. With each t-shirt or apparel item purchased, an average of $11 will be donated through Red Cross. When we can't change world events, we can focus on areas within our control. My paternal grandparents immigrated from Ukraine and left a number of family members behind to start a new life in Canada. So this one feels really close and personal in my family. When my father was a young boy starting school in Manitoba, he did not speak a word of English. He felt like an outsider. I can only imagine how many families right now from Ukraine are going through this very thing, and I want to help. When we are able to make a difference in the lives of others, it actually creates endorphins in our bodies, providing us as well with a sense of well-being that can last for hours. Think of it kind of like a two-for-one deal, and who doesn't like a deal? So if you are someone who is feeling a bit lost, unsure of whether you left a mark in this world, Pick something you can invest your time in with no expectation of return. 
you just might be surprised by the sense of well-being that you gain in the process. If you have a goal or a big dream, don't be afraid to share it with others. If you are not sure how to make it through that next challenge, find a mentor or ask a friend for help. You just might be surprised who is willing to show up. And despite the fact that I've not typically set big hairy goals for myself, I have also discovered the fact that small steps in the right direction will still help you land in some pretty remarkable places. An example that comes to mind is when we are sailing, my husband Robert and I. When you tighten your sails slightly, you get more speed. When you adjust the course that you are currently on, even by 10%, that will make all the difference in where you land. So the other key to resilience and well-being that I have discovered is to never stop learning. What this looks like for each of you will be unique and reflective of what inspires you. Breathing new life into my work, for example, has been a way of preventing burnout, to continue to grow and learn while also surrounding myself with people I can learn from. I just love being fed by learning, by reading, hearing the stories of others, and tapping into that creative way in which we can learn just by those around us and those that have come before us. I can't recall where I heard this, but a number of years ago, it was suggested that we all should have a mentor that is younger than us. And learning from those who are bringing fresh new ideas with unique perspectives on the world. Highly recommend it. As we reinvent ourselves, we are taking time to be creative and assessing who we are becoming. Initially, I thought I had to choose counseling or coaching. But what I've realized is that these skills are woven into the very fabric of my being. I am showing up with all my failures, challenges, life learning, experience as a parent, wife, and most importantly, as a human, just like you. Perfectly imperfect. I just have maybe a few more years to pull from at 58. When I have moments of struggling with my aging, I just need to remind myself that all of these stories have been leading to this moment. How can I use them to the greatest benefit of others? On this note, I just wanted to talk about building our strengths because you just haven't come this far to only come this far. If any of you have taken the Clifton Strengths Finder, I really find it interesting and would recommend it, especially when you get to learn your top five to 10 strengths. It was really interesting for me to discover that my top five strengths or that combination of five strengths are found in one in 33 million people. It won't come as a surprise to learn that the top six are all under the category of relationship builder. Empathy, connectedness, developer, harmony, and adaptability are the top five. As a side story, what I find hilarious is that my husband, Robert, who has a natural tendency to help others be their best, immediately wanted to know what qualities I was not strong in. He really is very supportive, but he also wants to help you grow. The goal in the Clifton Strength Finder is in understanding your strengths to learn how you can apply these every day to share your results with others, to create stronger relationships, and improve teamwork. What if you did this earlier in your life and career to understand yourself better? So often in our 20s and 30s, we are comparing ourselves to others or trying to measure up in some way. In hindsight, I wish I could have celebrated these qualities and strengths in myself sooner, but I'm not gonna go to that scarcity mindset again. 
Really, what we are talking about here is who you be in the world, not what you do. This means not comparing to others, but following your path. For example, a little exercise I like to use with clients is to imagine that you and I are out caving and we've got those headlamps on. And if we look directly into one another's lights in this dark cave, we can't see anything. We get blinded. I get blinded by your light and you get blinded by mine. So the goal here is to look away from what other people might think, what they are doing, and not compare. And just focus on your path. So I encourage you to really focus on your path. Look away from the light of others and focus on where you're going and what you're working on, who you're growing to be. I picked up a book recently called The Possibility of You. Within the pages of this book, it's inviting the reader to consider that at any age, you have an opportunity to reshape how you define yourself. My hope is that you can celebrate who you be each day and place less emphasis on what you do. In the early stages of your life, you're still writing some of those pivotal chapters. And within the pages of your story, some of the most beautiful, remarkable adventures, and yet some of the most painful experiences are occurring. I recall the pain of breakups, family illness, losses, and some hilarious experiences with friends. Each of these parts of our story are building on the previous one. So I'd also like to talk about balance, making more time to play, take holidays, and yet do the meaningful work. This truly is an ongoing practice for me, full disclosure. When you love doing so many things, it can be difficult to prioritize. What I've been trying to do is use my values as a guide as to how I invest my time. Because if we're investing our time, we are not just spending time. This helps you be sure that what you are doing is of priority to you. A fun little exercise is to write down a list of top 10 values. From that list, I invite you to narrow this down to three or four that are really most important to you. Let's say that family, growth, and health are your top three. These values can serve as a guide. When you have multiple options to choose from and feeling torn in many directions, you will make sure to attend the dance recital for your child, for example. Knowing health is also really important to you, you're likely to build it in as an opportunity to eat well and exercise before you commit to more things during your week. Balance is one of the values in my top five. I try to carve out time to rest, exercise five days a week, and stay emotionally well, to work hard, but also spend time with my husband or with our kids when they're here. I'm curious what your values are that you might be using as your guide. One further thing I hope to mention in this episode is to create more stories. We have been through a lot in the last two years, and if there is anything that might inspire you to live life more fully, the pandemic has likely reminded us to seize those moments. And I want to point out that in order to have a testimony, there needs to be a test. I think the pandemic has given us that test, right? Some of the greatest areas of growth occur when we've gone through a challenge, because only dead people no longer have challenges. These challenges may involve learning something new, developing a new habit, for example, and this is important at any stage of life. Dr. Susan David would suggest that discomfort is the price of admission to a worthwhile life. 
So let's live it to the fullest. One of the gifts of being at this stage that I'm at right now is that I'm willing to be a little more vulnerable, to share my mistakes, and no longer let my experiences define me. In your 20s and 30s, you're still writing that story and may not have the same experiences to draw on. With the stage I'm in right now, it's almost like you've survived so many of those embarrassing moments and lived to tell about it. You have a better sense of who you are and have discovered that nobody really cares about your mistakes. They're going to forget, so you might as well too. In the words of Katie Arnold, there are so many ways to be alive in the world. What are you doing to live your best life right now? I hope you're celebrating the age that you are and living into it fully. I am personally committed to watching for that scarcity mindset and to trust that there will be enough time to do all the things I love. When we use each day in alignment with our values, there are fewer regrets. What can you do today that might just adjust your course by 10%? It might be learning something new, developing a new habit, or living more in alignment with your values. I look forward to learning what you might land on in three or six months, maybe even a year. Thank you for being here on this journey with us. Whether this is your first podcast you've listened to or you've been a listener from the start, your presence here is really important to us. And if you're enjoying this podcast, I very humbly ask that you rate and comment on your preferred podcast platform. And remember, friends, adversity is inevitable while resilience is a practice. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Resilience Project. We would not be doing this podcast without you. If you or someone you know has an inspirational story or is helping to build resilience in their community, please email me at cindy at a resilienceproject.com. In fact, email me either way. I would love to hear from you. My hope is to feature an episode periodically on your letters of resilience. I'm very interested in hearing your story of how you have tackled hard things and what worked for you. With your permission, I hope to share some of these stories along the way with our listeners. Also, check out my website, aresilienceproject.com to learn more about our amazing guests. Your presence here is important because together we are cultivating a village of resilient individuals. You are creating a space for their stories to be shared and a sacred space for learning to occur. I also have a favor. I would love for you to go to your preferred podcast platform, rate and review the podcast so that we will know how we're doing. I also would like to express my gratitude to the amazing team of volunteers that have jumped on board to support this project. You will find each of those beautiful people on my website on the team page. As you go about this week, I invite you to think about one way that you can continue to grow your resilient muscle. What is one thing you can start with today? See you next week.